68 crisis. A special report on this WWDC News Extra. As so-called freedom marches get underway here in the nation's capital, Cambridge, Maryland is ready to explode. That's evident now. The mayor and city council have sent an urgent telegram to Governor Millard Taws. They've requested that a state of martial law be declared. They want the National Guard sent in. That telegram has been received in Annapolis. We've talked with Governor Taw's administrative assistant, Odell Smith. He says the governor is not in his office, that presumably no decision will be made until the governor confers with Attorney General Thomas Finan, State Police Superintendent Carrie Jarman, and the Adjutant General of the Maryland National Guard, Milton Record. The need for immediate action is apparent, for violence is in the air and tension mounts by the moment. WWDC's John Goldsmith was on the scene last evening, which began as all evenings had begun this week. Several hundred Negro demonstrators and a few whites marched on the county courthouse. They arrived, sitting on the steps, clapping, singing. Negroes then prayed in front of the courthouse. As they started to retreat to their section of the city, steel-helmeted state police joined city officers to keep the white bystanders, about 500 in number, away from the demonstrators. The marchers returned to their second ward almost without incident. But shortly after the Negroes left the center of town, the white bystanders, previously quiet except for a few catcalls, formed a mob demanding to pass into that all-Negro second ward. State police set up barricades blocking the whites. This is what the unruly mob sounded like. After being foiled by police at one intersection leading to the Negro section, the crowd ran to another with state troopers running alongside. This time, the mob came close to the blocked-off second ward. When police stopped them, the unappointed leaders of the white counter-demonstration group shouted. They were being treated unfairly. One of them, speaking directly to WWDC's John Goldsmith on the scene, had this to say. Is there any reporters here? Does either one of them have a microphone? I want to ask him one question, and don't tell me no lie. If you do, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Let me ask you one question. Just one question. Why is it that when we have demonstrations and we try to keep the niggers out, that monks, you never write anything about what we do to keep them out and all the time about what they do to, to come in. This will be written. It will be written. Good for you. I'd like to see the white But will there be anything? Would something else be written? Just one time. Governor Tolls and Kennedy as much as a nigger as they are. Could you tell us your name? I want that to be written, too. Could you tell us your name? Anonymous. Mr. Freedom. Moments later, 
One of the white demonstrators moved toward reporters, ready to start a fight. But others held him back. He began using abusive language. After repeated warnings from police that anyone who did so would be arrested, the man, Bill Todd, was grabbed by the assistant police chief who hustled him into a police car and took him to the county jail. There, Todd was charged with being drunk and disorderly. The incensed demonstrators followed, storming the jail on two sides and shouting they wanted Todd released. Then they called out for the sheriff, Calvert Creighton. of violence was tossing pebbles at reporters and movie cameramen. Within minutes, the Cambridge police chief released Todd after $25 bond had been posted. He was carried away on the shoulders of the crowd as cheers went up. Bill Todd, a Cambridge bartender, had his moment in the sun. Then, slowly, the white demonstrators faded away, leaving the center of the city almost deserted, except for the very wary state troopers who have been standing guard. Now, new violence threatens. The Congress on Racial Equality promises 500 demonstrators from New York and Baltimore in Cambridge tomorrow. Friday is payday for most of the Negroes in the Cambridge area. This is Friday. Saturday is the day that most Chesapeake watermen come into town. The watermen have been violently opposed to integration for generations. And in Annapolis, the governor's special assistant says he will not predict whether it will be hours or minutes or days before a decision is reached on whether to declare Cambridge a city under martial law. National Guardsmen are on the alert. The sound of the news on a WWDC News Extra. Here's Washington's weather. Mostly sunny this afternoon, the high near 82. Clear tonight, the low about 60. Mostly sunny tomorrow, the high near 78. The present downtown Washington temperature, 80 degrees. Bud Steele with the sound of the news. Next scheduled news at 2.30. Washington tonight, demonstrators, bystanders, and police are praised for orderly biracial march. A neighboring community is in an ugly mood. Martial law is declared in Cambridge, Maryland. We have those stories in detail, but for a check on other events in Washington tonight, we go to Terry Sullivan in the WWDC newsroom. A 44-year-old Alexandria housewife has been critically injured as her car smashed through a railing on the Channel Bridge and plummeted some 50 feet to the pavement below on Main Avenue Southwest. The victim is Mrs. Stella Brua of 203 West Collingwood Road, the wife of an Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. A 45-year-old district woman is suffering from second and third degree burns over more than half her body tonight after a sofa bed fire in her apartment at 1020 19th Street Northwest 
Miss Ann Richards is described as in serious condition at Georgetown Hospital. And a 42-year-old Alexandria man has been stabbed to death in the street near his home on North Henry Street. Odell Williams was found with a single knife wound in his heart. Now with more of Washington Tonight, here's Joe Phipps. A peaceful biracial demonstration, approximately one quarter white and three quarters Negro, has taken place in the nation's capital this Friday. It was an orderly march on the White House, on the district building, and on to the Justice Department. Coordinated by the Congress on Racial Equality, the NAACP, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the Howard University Nonviolent Students League, its effectiveness can be attributed greatly to the leadership behind the movement. That in turn can be attributed in large part to the calm shown by the spokesmen for the sponsoring groups. There was Corps' Julian Hobson, for example, who cautioned the marchers again and again. Follow the policeman's direction in terms of traffic, please. March quietly to the district building. And remember, this is a non-violent demonstration. This is a violent protest demonstration. Non-violent. The march got underway at Lafayette Square. It was there that Bishop Smallwood Williams opened the demonstration with prayer. At the district building, Commission President Walter Tobriner promised an end to segregated housing by the time Congress adjourns. He's calling for a study on the legality of abolishing job discrimination here. With city police guaranteeing order and sealing off traffic, the Negroes marched 15 abreast to the Justice Department. They were protesting alleged discrimination in that department. Attorney General Robert Kennedy denied the charge. Does anybody here know any lawyer that's been discriminated against in attempting to find a job in the Department of Justice? So then why do we put out documents like this that the Department of Justice is blatantly discriminating against Negroes? That just doesn't happen to be the fact. We will hire anybody. Now I'll tell you quite frankly, we're going to hire people based on their ability their integrity and their, their willingness to get a job done. I'm not going to go out and hire a Negro just because he is not white. Then Attorney General Kennedy called for the cooperation of all present to end school dropouts to improve Negro job opportunities here. This positive, reassuring display of the demonstrators in Washington contrasts sharply with that of a neighboring city. And we think it worthwhile to show the contrast this evening. Tonight, Maryland National Guardsmen patrol the streets of Cambridge on the eastern shore. Local authorities called for assistance earlier in the day after demonstrations last evening reached such intensity that violence appeared inevitable at any time. <laughs> Demonstrations on the part of Negroes calling for equal housing, equal schooling, equal opportunities began last night as usual at the Bethel M.E. Church. The Negroes prepared to march on the courthouse. From that same courthouse, two of their number had been sentenced to the state reformatory earlier this week. Others had been kept in jail until late yesterday afternoon. The Negroes and a scattering of white sympathizers claimed they would march for justice. They'd keep on walking, keep on talking. They'd keep on walking in peace. 
In waves of three, they arrived at the courthouse square, and here is what took place. to the public, to those who come and watch our demonstration, that the only thing we want is what they have, freedom, freedom of opportunity, freedom to go any place we want, freedom to live any place we want. We are not expecting any more from the white community than it has itself. We ask that the persons who stand before us to understand we come not in violence, we come not to bring discord or bitterness. We come only for one thing, and that is our right. We want no less, we want no more. We are here today as witnesses to that which we deserve. We come here today only to say to the entire community, no longer will we accept less than anyone else. that believe in what you have just said. You are people who have come with, un with a full understanding of what the American ideal is. There are some who would, would label you as being those who do not understand this ideal. But I think your demonstration is one that we all must support, white and black. It is one that carries with it the same injustices that we are trying to uh, redress as the early American revolutionists. Those who have fought to unite our country during the Civil War, those who have gone overseas to do the same. We are those persons now trying to bring the same liberty and justice to our own shores. 
we have fought under that flag for a long time, and we have suffered indignities under it. Now we want our whole freedom, and we want it now. We say to all, this is the reason that we come. When we leave here, ladies and gentlemen, stay with our lines closely and walk back in queue. Follow our ministers and follow your leaders. Don't break the line. Don't break the line for anything. By two. The Negroes dead returned to their section of Cambridge by twos. There was no disturbance, but then a steadily growing crowd of whites, numbering at last near 500, began moving down Race Street toward the intersection leading to the colored section of the Eastern Shore City. And as they started their march, not by twos and threes, but in a scramble, Maryland State Police moved into action. The first altercation came at Elm and Race Streets in Cambridge, where a barricade blocked the white mob's way. Why can't we walk their streets? Because you can't walk down there, that's why. I fought in World War II and I learned everything I think he is. Now send him in. He don't want to. Let me ask you something, Everybody shut up. Howdy, howdy, just one minute. I'll stand over there. You would hit me, am I right? He said, no, I won't go home. I'll tell you the word I said. Gentlemen, I just wanted to say two words. I went through nine invasions. Two words, and I whack it up on either one. Please be quiet. Now show me either nigger went through nine of them. Please be quiet. I want to say two words. I want either yes or no. what you want. I don't want no nothing here. If I went through there, that just flat made hit me. Either say yes or no. Yeah. Right. Number one. Number one. Number two. If a nigger comes through here, wait a minute. There's only one way to settle this. Is man to man. You can't do it by a mob. So man to man. Now send one in. Either one you got. Now send either one in you got. Now the Cambridge Whites took up a chant. Suddenly, the mob grew angry. WWDC's John Goldsmith was there. The crowd seemed equally irate at newsmen on the scene as at Negroes, and one of the self-designated leaders did not hesitate to threaten physical violence. Hey, 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 does either one of them have a microphone? I want to ask him one question, and don't tell me no lie. If you do, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> Let me ask you one question. Just one question. Why is it that when we have demonstrations and we try to keep the niggers out, that monks you never write anything about what we do to keep them out and all the time about what they do to, keep, to come in? This will be written. It will be Good written. for you. I like to see the white But will there be anything? Would something else be written? Just one time. Governor Tolls and Kennedy as much as a nigger as they are. Did you tell us I your want name? that to be written too. Did you tell us your name? Anonymous. Mr. Freedom. Kennedy! 
Repeatedly, local police told the crowd to quieten down, to stop using abusive and profane language. Continued violations would result in arrests, but one local resident, a white man, Bill Todd by name, refused to quieten down. Suddenly, he lashed out at the assistant police chief, who collared Todd, hustled him into a police car, and hauled him off to jail. The enraged mob broke into a run. It, too, was headed toward the jail, and it wanted Sheriff Calvert Creighton. It also wanted Bill Todd turned loose. The crowd surged toward two sides of the courthouse. Calvert Creighton released Bill Todd, who'd been charged on drunk and disorderly charges when his brother put up $25 bond. The crowd slowly dispersed, but the mood was ugly. Today, it was obvious that more help was needed. The result, 500 National Guardsmen are now on duty in Cambridge. That Maryland city, a study in contrast to the nation's capital. I'll be back with a final word after a check on sports and weather. We go to the WWDC Newsroom and Terry Sullivan. Arnold Palmer and Bobby Nichols have tied for the second-round lead in the $100,000 Thunderbird Golf Classic in Harrison, New York, with 36-hole scores of 137. Masters and U.S. Open golf champion Jack Nicklaus has suffered a painful neck injury at the Thunderbird Golf Classic, leaving in doubt his status for the remainder of the tournament and next week's U.S. Open Championship. And the Baltimore Bullets of the National Basketball Association have given Coach Bob Leonard a new two-year contract. Washington's weather scattered thunder showers early tonight, followed by partly cloudy, lowest about 62 later tonight. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and pleasant, highest in the middle or upper 70s. Present Washington temperature, 69 degrees. Now with a final word, here's Joe Phipps. As we compare the violence which is sweeping many communities with the growing demand for equality now for people of all races, we can be thankful this evening that Washington demonstrators, onlookers, and police handle this afternoon's demonstrations in such good order. But none of us can sleep well so long as the memory of Bishop Williams' Lafayette Square prayer is still with us. Oh God, the long night of hesitation, frustration, filibuster has been so awfully long. Oh God, we only ask, how much longer? How long? How long? How long? How long? Christ, that day will break immediately. That's Washington tonight. This is Joe Phipps. Good evening. <laughs>